Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Who really is the Dodgers shortstop of the future? And we've got a big Gavin Lux update that's coming up next on Dodgers Dugout. What up, Dodgers Nation? DMAC here. You can follow me on the artist, formerly known as Twitter, X, and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel for all latest Dodgers news and rumors all season long, live streams and giveaways. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. And if you really want to support the channel and you want to see us post even more Dodgers content, smash that like button. And as always, I want your takes down below in the comment section. Today's Dodgers Nation question of the day on a Scale of 1 to 10, how high are you on Gavin Lux as the Dodgers' long-term solution at the shortstop position? Let me know down below. And for our latest Dodgers news, head over to DodgersNation.com. So I want to give a little update on shortstop Gavin Lux. Now, heading into the season, Gavin Lux was supposed to be the guy at shortstop. He was taking over for Trey Turner. He was going to get that runway, the opportunity to be the Dodgers' shortstop, which he said is everyone's dream growing up, being the shortstop of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Unfortunately, during spring training, he's trying to get to third base on a ground ball, and he ends up tearing his ACL and his LCL, and he was lost for the season. He had surgeries going through the rehab process, and you really feel for Lux. He waited for his opportunity to really get that chance to be the everyday starting shortstop. Unfortunately, if it wasn't for bad Lux, he wouldn't have any Lux at all. You tear your ACL, you tear your LCL. A very, very unfortunate incident and I remember talking to Gavin Lux after the injury he was very emotionally talked about all the support from Dodgers fans and how much that meant to him and he's a guy who loves Dodger Blue. He loves this organization, and this organization is very committed to him being the shortstop of the future. So that is the question. Is he going to be the guy next year and beyond at the shortstop position? Well, the update right now is that, of course, he is expected to make a full recovery, and he was with the team when they played the Rangers in late July. He was continuing his rehab work. You saw him on the field before the game, working out with Dino Ebel. Fabian Ardaya, he tweeted, Gavin Love is with the Dodgers in Arlington, has family in the area, and is continuing his rehab from a torn ACL and LCL, said he will be able to start running on the field at the end of next week and could start swinging a bat off a tee in early August. So where he is right now is he's continuing that process. He's been running on the zero-gravity treadmill. The next big check mark is running with his body weight on that treadmill and just continuing to build strength in that knee, continuing to build mobility and lateral quickness and agility and just continuing the process of getting fully healthy. Now, there were some reports that maybe Gavin Lux could return this season. He said it himself that he wasn't ruling out the possibility of playing this year. And I think at the end of the day, that's good for motivation. That's good to get yourself to do the work every single day. I think players, when you look at the grind, the monotonous work that it requires to get yourself back to full strength, it's good to have that carrot dangled in front of you, but also 
also think it was unrealistic and also unnecessary when you consider that this Dodgers offense, they're towards the top or at the top in nearly every category that matters. Home runs right behind the Atlanta Braves. Weighted runs created plus. They're right at the top in the league. So they didn't necessarily need him offensively. And then two, the role that he would have had would be someone that comes off the bench. Someone that you can use in a pinch hit situation. Can you really expect his bat to find a rhythm that late in the season to have any meaningful impact? I think the answer is it's not worth it. It would not have been worth it when you consider that he's someone that you have under team control until 2027. He's someone that you hope can be that long-term solution at the shortstop position. And if he works out, if he's someone that can play that position at a competent level defensively while being an above average bat, that's an absolute win. When you look at the shortstop market, how expensive it is to get a shortstop. Just look at what Xander Bogart's got. 11 years, 280 million. Just look at what Francisco Lindor got. If you want a premium shortstop, you are going to have to spend big. Even Dansby Swanson got a seven-year, $177 million contract. Look at what Trey Turner got, and he's been bad so far in Philadelphia. So if you want a shortstop that has an above-average ability at the plate, you are going to have to spend big, or you're going to have to grow one from your farm system. And Gavin Lux, I still think, has the potential to be an above-average offensive shortstop that can play competent defense. And if you have that, you can spend that money on pitching, on a third base, but on an impact outfield. I mean, look, that is so important because there's not a lot of potential shortstops that make a lot of sense for the Dodgers in the next two, three, four, five seasons on the trade market or when it comes to free agency. Now, as far as where he's been in his recovery, look, if he's fully healthy, if he's fully recovered, like I said, there is zero doubt that the Dodgers are going to give him that opportunity to be that everyday shortstop. So to me, considering bringing him back this season just didn't make a ton of sense when you consider how much you have riding on him being that long-term solution to be that guy at the shortstop position. And for me, when it comes to young players, I'm looking for two things. I'm looking for one, glimpses of greatness or two, signs of solid. I think you've seen a mixture of both for Gavin Lux. You've seen someone that has really mechanically refined his swing. You've seen someone that has made improvements defensively. You've seen someone that was open to playing the outfield and didn't bat an eye. He went out there and he gave it his best effort, even though he was very raw at the position and did make some mistakes. But if you look at him offensively, from 2019 to 2020, he slashed 210, 278, 377 with his 74 weighted runs created plus and 151 plate appearances. And in 2019, you did see those glimpses of greatness. You saw him become the youngest player in Dodgers history to hit a home run in the postseason. He did that in the NLDS against the Washington Nationals. And then at 23 years old in 323 days, he's the third youngest player in Dodgers history to reach base safely four times in a postseason game. Only one that was older was James Loney in 2006 at 22 years and 153 days in 2014 NLDS game one. Yasiel Puig also did it at age 23 and 300 days. So that to me is a flash. And then the following season in 2020, you know what happened. It was the COVID year. It was a mess. He wasn't able to get a season going at all. He wasn't able to get some traction because of getting COVID early in the process. And then in 2021, he took a step in the right direction. He slashed 242, 328, 364, had a 90 weighted runs created plus, but most importantly, he finished the year strong. He had a 967 OPS in 60 September plate appearances. You saw him playing the outfield to mixed results, but still he gave it a go and was able to have some success. And then he took that momentum and it carried into the next season. And really the thing that stands out for me with Gavin Lux is that swing. You saw the mechanical adjustments that he made in the 
offseason. It was a much more level swing. You saw much less launch angle. His pitch recognition improved. His ability to hit breaking balls improved. And the numbers showed. At the end of the season, he ends up slashing 276, 346, 399 for the first time in his career. He was an above average player offensively. He posted a 113 weighted runs created plus. So he was 13% above league average. He had 20 doubles, seven triples, hit six home runs, had seven stolen bases, had a two and a half B war and a three F war. So he put up a three F war season and those numbers all could have been higher if it weren't for that neck injury. Now he has been prone to injury throughout his career. That's just the reality with Gavin Lux. You need to find a way to get him to stay on the field and avoid the IL because he suffered that neck injury towards the end of September. He ends up going on the IL and when he returned, he wasn't the same player. He was hitting under 200. The strikeout rate was up and then in the NLDS, he ends up going three for 13 with a double against the Padres. So he just did not look like the same player. But the most important thing for me is when he was healthy, he was an above average bat. He also filled in nicely for Corey Seager at the shortstop position back in 2021. So he does have some experience there. He's going to take his lumps. He is still a young player. It's never going to be perfect. Progress is not always linear, but I'm still high on the idea of Gavin Lux at the shortstop position because of what it would mean for other positions, for spending that money on a Shohei Otani, right? On keeping a Julio Urias. I mean, Walker Buehler, you need to work out that contract long-term as well. So you hit on a shortstop, which I love as young players, but don't like to pay them when they're north of 30. It makes a ton of sense. I think just look at Trey Turner. Imagine if the Dodgers had given him the bag. He's been really awful this season by his standards. Trey Turner got paid, hasn't had the success. All the numbers are down across the board. He's a minus five DRS. So defensively with the glove, he's been bad. And he probably won't play there for many more years. So I don't love the idea of paying big time shortstops unless they're supremely gifted, unless they're players that you get under 30 and you can really guarantee you're going to play that position for five or six seasons because it's such a premium position that you have to pay big. You have to pay a premium price for a shortstop. If you can get them in your system and develop them, that's the best way. So I'm a card-carrying member of the Gavin Lux for Long-Term Shortstop Club. I think he can get it done, but what is the contingency plan? What if he does get re-injured? What if he struggles so bad at the plate or something like that, which I don't think will happen? Well, Miguel Rojas is still on the Dodgers. And let's talk about Miguel Rojas this season because I think he's done a fine job, an admirable job playing a position that he wasn't expected to play as the everyday shortstop for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, when they traded Jacob Amaya for Miguel Rojas last offseason, they were hoping that he would be an upgraded version of Hanser Alberto, someone who could be a utility infielder, a guy that could spell guys when they needed some time off, a guy that could fill in when the guys got injured at an above average level. Only Gavlux gets injured and he gets thrusted into that position. And you look at the deal he's on. Miggy Rowe is signed through the 2024 season for $5 million and he has a club option for 2025 for another $5 million with a $1 million buyout. So the Dodgers, they gave him a contract extension after the trade back in February and defensively, he's been a gem. He's been a delight to watch. It's been chef's kiss watching him with the glove. And I think it's so important because you have a restriction on this shift. You have a guy that is a glove for shortstop in a year where you didn't know how it was going 
going to be as far as utilizing and deploying your infield. And he's been superb. He's been fantastic. And the numbers, they bear that out. His 11 defensive run save rigs, fourth in Major League Baseball, is in the 80th percentile and outs above average. Now, when it comes to used yard range, those scores aren't particularly favorable for Miguel Rojas. But for the most part, he's been fantastic as the Dodgers shortstop defensively. They absolutely needed him to be that to provide value. And he has done just that. Now, when you look at his offense, it's a different story. To be frank, he is the worst offensive shortstop in the game. He has a 53 weighted runs created plus. That's dead last for shortstops with a minimum of 300 plate appearances. He has a 214 batting average. That's second to last. He has a minus 0.2 F4. So offensively, He's been bad. Now, in August, you've seen the power numbers improve. He headed into August with no home runs. He's hit three home runs this month, but still is hitting 212 with a 682 OPS. But you can't focus on the offense when it comes to Miguel Rojas because they need him for his defense. And look, let's be honest. He didn't ask for this. He wasn't someone that was expecting to play this role. He's like a substitute teacher that was supposed to be the substitute for a few days when your teacher was sick, but ends up being the substitute teacher for the entire year, right? So he's done a good job when you consider the circumstances and you also consider the fact that this offense they can score they can pick him up you have two perennial MVP candidates two of the best hitters in the league in Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman Will Smith you got Max Muntz you have James Altman JD Martinez Peralta Hayward I mean this offense has picked him up and when you consider two you don't have the pitcher batting in the National League anymore it's not like you really desperately need offensive production from that position at the very least this year. It would be great, but I think you can still say that he provides a ton of value to this team as far as defensively and what he brings. So it's going to be key too, especially in the postseason. The defense can make or break a series, and we know that Miguel Rojas is one of the best at his position with the glove in the entire sport. Now, I hear you out there. What about Mookie Betts? Can Mookie Betts be a long-term solution at shortstop? Well, Mookie, look, he's played 14 times this year at the shortstop position, but second base makes more sense for him. When you look at Mookie Betts, if he's going to play on the dirt, you really should play him at second base. We know he has the cannon at shortstop, but still, we're talking about a six-time Gold Glove Award winning right fielder. We're talking about someone who is still one of the best defenders in the game at his position, and if you want to give your team the best position to win, you play your players when they're best optimized, and for him, that still is in right field. Now, his numbers, they haven't taken a hit. He's actually hitting 300 as a shortstop and it's been really incredible to see him do that at the big league level. He hadn't done that since he was playing for the Auburn Double Days down at the minor league baseball level in high A back when he was getting started. So it was his first time playing shortstop at the big league level, and he did it this year, and he made it look relatively easy. But still, Rojas still makes more sense even next season. And I think next year, it really comes down to Lux's health. If he is 100% fully healthy, he is going to get that opportunity to be the Dodgers everyday shortstop. And I think you still will see Miguel Rojas play at that shortstop position. I think you'll see him play all around the diamond, really when guys need to be spelled, when guys get injured. But you're going to see him used as a utility infielder. That's why they signed him. That's why they traded for him. And I'm just going to sneak this in here at the end. I think that Gavin Lux is going to be an all-star in his career. I don't know if it's next year. I think next year is going to be solid, but I am not selling my Gavin Lux stock. Like I said, glimpses of greatness at 21 years and 314 days. He was the young 
youngest player of all time to hit a pinch hit home run in the playoffs. So this is someone that has had special moments. This is someone that believes he's an all-star caliber player. I can tell you that firsthand from talking to Gavin Lux. I think he makes an all-star in his career. I still think the potential is absolutely there. And you see with knee injuries these days, you can absolutely get back to 100%. And I know that the kid from Kenosha, Gavin Lux, is working tirelessly to do just that. But that's going to do it for this episode of Dodgers Dugout. And let me know down below on a scale of 1 to 10, what are your thoughts on Gavin Lux's future at the shortstop position? On a scale of 1 to 10, how high are you on Luxy? Let me know down below. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. For all things Dodger baseball all season long, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button. And as always, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. them home. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.